Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is located in Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement, blessing, and an inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us, or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Así como están de pie, just as you're standing on, I invite you to open your Bibles to 2 Kings, second book of Kings, chapter 4. Vamos a invitar que si trajeron su Biblia, um, que le ponga, que abra su Biblia al segundo libro del Reyes, al Rey, del Reyes, capítulo 4. Si no trajo su Biblia, lo vamos a tener acá arriba. We are in the middle of a sermon series we've been calling Crushed, and we've been talking about what pain and suffering can produce in your life. We've learned about the olive oils being, the olives being crushed, and how that produces value. But we're going to continue in this subject today. Vamos a continuar en este, este serie de mensajes. Mensaje, um, cuando la vida nos apresiona, lo que produce el dolor y el sufrimiento en nuestras vidas. Segunda de Reyes, capítulo 4, 2 Kings, chapter 4. Miren, lo voy a leer, yo lo voy a leer, en esta ocasión lo voy a leer en español. Those of you that want to read it in English, ahora lo hicimos los dos, ahí están arriba. Amen, pero lo voy a leer en español. You can follow along in English. Dice la palabra de Dios. Cierto día, la viuda de un miembro del grupo de profetas fue a ver a Eliseo y clamó, mi esposo... Quien te servía ha muerto Y tú sabes cuánto él temía al Señor Pero ahora ha venido un acreedor Y me amenaza, me amenaza con llevarse a mis dos hijos Como esclavos ¿Cómo puedo ayudarte? Pregunta Eliseo How can I help you? Oh, that we would be a church That when we see someone in trouble That we would Ask, how can I help you? Que pudiéramos ser una iglesia que cuando miramos a alguien en un problema pudiéramos hacerle esta pregunta: ¿Cómo te puedo ayudar? ¿Cómo puedo ayudarte? Pregunta Eliseo. Dime, ¿qué tienes en tu casa? No tengo nada, solo un frasco de aceite de olivo, contestó ella. Y sigue diciendo Luego Entonces Eliseo le dijo Pídeles a tus amigos y vecinos Que te presten todas las jarras vacías que puedan Luego ve a tu casa Con tus hijos y cierra la puerta Vierte en las jarras el aceite de oliva Que tienes en tu frasco Y cuando se llenen Ponlas a un lado entonces ella hizo lo que se le indicó 
Sus hijos le, traieron, le traían las jarras y ella las llenaba una tras otra Pronto todas las jarras estaban llenas hasta el borde Tráeme otra jarra le dijo a uno de sus hijos Ya no hay más le respondió Al instante el aceite de oliva dejó de fluir Cuando ella le contó al hombre de Dios lo que había sucedido Él le dijo ahora vende el aceite de oliva y paga tus deudas Tú y tus hijos pueden vivir de lo que sobra I'm going to read that part in English. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. What is left? Vamos a orar. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, because your word enlightens us to the problems and the situations that we're living in our lives and how we are to deal with them and how we are to uh, navigate these waters. Tu palabra nos habla, Señor, y, y nos muestra y nos enseña cómo nosotros debemos de manejar estos asuntos, estos momentos de crisis, estos momentos de sufrimiento y dolor en nuestras vidas. I ask you, Lord, that you would speak in my life, that you would speak into the life of my brothers and my sisters. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can someone say amen? Antes de que se siente, pregúntele a su vecino, ¿qué te queda? Ask your, ask your neighbor, what's left? What's left? What's left? Then you can sit. Se puede sentar. What's left? ¿Qué te queda? Hay un dicho, there's a, a saying, right, that when you... Particularly when we're talking about health and, and exercise, it says, no pain. Right? You guys know it very well. No pain, no gain. Um, hay un dicho que dice, si no hay dolor, no hay una ganancia. Cuando estamos hablando de la, del, del ejercicio. Because you know, you know that if you go to the gym or if you work out, and if you don't wake up with a little bit of pain the next day, you know you did it wrong. Okay, you did it wrong because, because if you did work out and you pushed your body and you, you caused some sort of growth or something to happen in your body, there was going to be some pain in your, in your, in your body. Porque usted sabe que si usted va al gimnasio o, o va a hacer ejercicios y al día siguiente no se siente adolorido, no se siente un poco de dolor en su cuerpo, lo más probable es que lo hizo mal. Because without pain, there's no gain. Now, we like to say, we would like it to be no pain. Hey, no pain. No pain means no pain. I don't want pain in my life. I don't want suffering in my life. We do not want pain in our lives. La mayoría de nosotros no queremos sentir dolor en nuestras vidas. Y como hablábamos la primera semana, al momento que hay algo doloroso delante de nosotros, preferimos Evitarlo. We, at the moment that there is pain in front of us, we would prefer to, to ignore it or we would prefer to walk around it or to pretend that it's not even there. But let me tell you, without a measure of discomfort, there will not be a measure of growth in your life. 
Si no hay algo que te incomoda en la vida, no va a haber crecimiento en tu vida. They say that invention is, or that the mother of all necessities, right, creates inventions. Because when there's a necessity in your life, or I think I, I completely butchered that, but I think you've heard this, right, where, where there is a necessity in our lives, It causes us to think out of the box. And it causes us to think and, and maybe hope for a better life or for a better future. And many of the things that you and I have today and that we enjoy is because there was a need at some point in human life. And they thought, man, it's really hot in the summer. Let's create AC. And somebody very smart thought of this. And now we reap the benefits. But someone had to experience a life without AC. To get to this point where we're at today. And growing pains. We don't like them. Esos dolores que sentimos al, al crecer. I, I don't know if, if when your children were growing. And those of you that maybe don't have children that are old enough yet. But I know my kids when they were growing. Uh, even my daughter uh, as of two years ago. There were times when she would just say her legs hurt. Decía, me duelen las piernas, papá. Me duelen las piernas and there was nothing wrong with her. No se había caído, no, no le había pasado nada. Pero simplemente es porque su cuerpo estaba pasando por un proceso de crecimiento que causaba que ella sintiera dolor en sus piernas. Because there is pain in growth. When you and I go through difficult things in our lives, we need to understand that It is an opportunity for you and I to grow. Cuando usted y yo vivimos por cosas difíciles en nuestras vidas, tenemos que entender que es una oportunidad para que usted y yo crezcamos. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, not all pain is good. So I'm not telling you go seek pain. I'm not telling you to go cause pain in your life so you can grow. Uh, yo voy a ser el primero que le dice que, que, que no todo dolor es bueno en nuestras vidas Y no estas predicaciones, estos mensajes no es para que usted y yo vayamos a buscar el dolor Usted y yo no tenemos que hacer nada para encontrar el dolor, el dolor nos encuentra a nosotros We don't have to do anything to find pain, pain will find us If you live long enough, there will be pain in your life But I told you that a couple weeks ago, pain properly processed will produce power in your life. When you and I understand how to process pain, when you and I understand how to process suffering in our lives, it will produce power in our lives. And in this story that we read in 2 Kings chapter 4, we read of a widow Her husband just died and out of the context of the, of the story, we, we understand that the, that the husband was a worker in the temple or was a prophet as well as, the, as it says that he was from the company of the prophets. And now she comes to Elijah with a big crisis on her hands. Leemos la historia aquí en Segunda Reyes capítulo 4. Esta mujer acaba de perder su esposo. Un dolor tremendo, perder un ser querido. 
Pero podemos entender que dentro del contexto de la historia Que este hombre no era cualquier hombre Era un hombre de entre los profetas Él era un, un sacerdote tal vez o tal vez trabajaba en el templo Pero era alguien que, que, que conocía a Eliseo He knew Elijah and served Elijah through his ministry And she comes to him and says my husband is dead Mi esposo ha muerto y tiene muchas deudas. Parece que vivía, vivía en América, ¿verdad? And he has a lot of debt. And now the creditors are coming and they're knocking on the door. They're calling me on the phone and they're threatening me to collect what is owed through my sons. Que ahora vienen los que a los que le debía a mi esposo y me están llamando a todas horas y me están amenazando que van a tomar eh, la, el pago de la deuda en forma de mis hijos. Estoy en crisis. I'm in a crisis. What should I do? She seeks out Elijah, the man of God. And Elijah asks, what can I do for you? Do you have anything in your house? Va y busca a Eliseo y le pregunta a Eliseo, pues, ¿qué puedo hacer por ti? ¿Tienes algo en tu casa? And it's interesting because she responds sometimes like we would respond. I don't have anything. Nothing. Now, last time I checked, nothing means nothing. Okay. But she responded in the way that sometimes we, I don't have nothing except a small jar. No, no tengo nada, dice. Le pregunta a Liceo, ¿tienes algo? No tengo nada. La última vez que yo me fijé, cuando uno dice que no tengo nada, quiere decir que no tenemos nada. Pero hace lo mismo que nosotros hacemos muchas veces. No tengo nada, solo tengo esta cosa pequeña, pero no puede servir de nada eso. I only have this small little jar of olive oil, but there's no way that can help anything in this situation. Listen, church, I just want to encourage someone today. The thing that you need to accomplish the will of God in your life is already within reach. Esa cosa, quiero animarle, esa cosa que usted necesita para alcanzar la voluntad de Dios en su vida ya está en tu mano. It's already there. Could it be? Could it be that what God wants to do in your life is already here? See, a lot of times we, we come to church And we, we look at things that are happening and we say, Lord, we need revival. Lord, we need you to move. Lord, we need you to do something. But the reality is, when are we going to get tired of waiting on God to do something? God already did something for you and for me when he died on the cross and he gave us his spirit. When are you and I going to say, no, I'm not waiting on a revival. I'm going to be revival. I'm not waiting on a move. 
I'm going to be the move of God in my church, in my family, in my community. No tenemos que esperar un avivamiento. No tenemos que esperar a, a que Dios se mueva. Dios ya se movió en nuestras vidas. Y es tiempo para que usted y yo tomemos pasos de fe. Y que nosotros seamos el movimiento de Dios en nuestra familia. En nuestra iglesia Porque lo que tú necesitas Ya está a tu alcance Because what you need Is already within reach Oftentimes we, we look into the future For God to answer When the answer is already there Come on tell your neighbor It's already here It's already here Understand that God's purpose God's purpose for your life is not dependent on something that is out of reach for you. El propósito de Dios para tu vida no depende de algo que no está a tu alcance. You're not waiting. Listen, those of you that are not married, you're not waiting on to, uh, to get married to be significant. You, you, you're not waiting to, on someone to come into your life so that you can matter. You, you, you're not waiting to be impactful until you become a pastor of a church one day. You're not waiting to be important until you get a title. You're not waiting to be valuable until someone tells you you're valuable. You're not waiting to minister until somebody gives you a platform. What you need is already within your reach. Lo que tú necesitas ya está a tu alcance. Y déjeme decirle, si tú no lo tienes, eh, no lo necesitas. If you don't have it, you don't need it. If you needed it, God would make sure you had it. Si lo necesitabas, Dios se asegurará que tú lo tuvieras en tus manos. Dice la palabra de Dios en segunda de Pedro 1.3 que Él nos ha dado ya todas las cosas que pertenecen a la vida y a la piedad. That God through his divine power, second, uh, first, second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says that he has already given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. It's in our hands. You have what you need to accomplish the will of God in your life. You already have it. But see, what we need is a, a new set of eyes, a new way to look at things. Lo que necesitamos muchas ocasiones es una nueva perspectiva. Como miramos las cosas. Porque we can't always change our situations. But what I found in my life is that I can change the way I look at my situation. No puedo cambiar la situación en la cual me encuentro, pero sí puedo cambiar la manera en que miro la situación. Y necesitamos que, que, que tengamos ojos nuevos. Lo que pasa en nuestra vida no es exactamente lo que queremos. Muchas veces, what happens in our lives many times is not exactly how we wanted it, but it doesn't mean that we need to proclaim that that's the way things are. No, no quiere decir porque las cosas están malas, tenemos que proclamar que son malas. Por eso dice el profeta Joel, que el que está débil, diga que está fuerte. That's why the jo prophet Joel says, he that is weak, let him say that he is strong. We need to be, have, we need to have faith in our lives 
that the things that are not are different. See, we got to have faith that even though sometimes life happens really fast and, and life throws us curveballs, we got to have the faith that regardless of how life is going, we believe what the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. And it doesn't say that we're just conquerors. It says that we are more than conquerors. We have to understand that in every situation, in every crisis in our lives, something will be produced. Que cada situación la que vivimos, cada crisis en nuestras vidas va a producir algo para nosotros. When life starts to crush us, when life puts a bit of pressure on us, what comes out? Cuando la vida nos apresiona, ¿qué sale de nosotros? ¿Cómo lo miramos? ¿Cómo lo percibimos? ¿Cómo lo leemos? It's interesting, I was thinking about this in second no tienen que voltear sus Biblias ahí, pero en 2 Corintios, lo voy a leer rápido porque it's amazing. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. 2 Corintios capítulo 8, verse 1, lo voy a leer. It is amazing to me that the word of God shows us the situation. It says, and now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial... Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their, their ability entirely on their own. Ahora, hermanos, queremos que se enteren de la gracia que Dios les ha dado a las iglesias de Macedonia. En medio de las pruebas más difíciles, su desbordante alegría y su extrema pobreza abundaron en rica generosidad. Soy testigo de que dieron espontáneamente tanto como podían y aún más de lo que podían. How do we read our situation? ¿Cómo leemos nuestra situación? La iglesia en Macedonia dice que estaba pasando por una crisis extrema. They were going through an extreme crisis, an extreme problem. And not only that, they were in poverty. But even through their poverty, even through their crisis, something was generated within them. And it was generosity. What if, listen church. What if poverty is producing generosity in our lives? What if pain is producing purpose in our lives? What if pressure is producing anointing over your life? How do you see it? How do you perceive it? You may not be able to choose every situation that comes into your life, but you can choose what you call it. Tal vez no puedes escoger cada situación que entra en tu vida, pero lo que sí tú puedes escoger es cómo le llamas. En Génesis capítulo 35 leemos la historia de, 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 de Israel o de... O de Jacob, ¿verdad? Que eh, eh, su esposa estaba teniendo un hijo. 
We read in Genesis chapter 35 that Jacob uh, and Rachel, they were about to have their baby. And it's an exciting time to have a baby, amen. And it's, and it's something that she was praying for. But the Bible tells us that in the process of Rachel having her baby, she began to die. Nos dice la palabra de Dios que, que Raquel estaba orando por un hijo y el Señor le concede el hijo. Pero algo sucede en el proceso de dar a luz que eh, dice la palabra de Dios que en el proceso de dar luz al bebé comienza a morirse Raquel. Dice la palabra de Dios que Raquel en su dolor, en su malestar, en su momento de, de dificultad nombra a su hijo. Y le llama Ben-Oni. That in the middle of the sorrow, in the middle of the difficulty, Rachel calls out her son's name, Ben-Oni. Which means, son of my sorrow. Que quiere decir, hijo de mi dolor. Pero después dice la palabra de Dios que entra Jacob, entra el papá del hijo. Y dice, no, 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 yo entiendo que hay una situación que no es muy agradable en este momento. But we are not going to call our son by our situation. My son's name is Benjamin, the son of my right hand. And yes, it was painful. Yes, it hurt. And yes, I suffered a loss. But I am not going to name the situation after my pain. And many of us, we need to make that decision today. We are going through some hard times and we are going through some difficulty and we keep calling it sorrow and we keep calling it pain. And I just want to encourage you today that you need to stop naming your situation. You didn't choose for your marriage to work out the way it worked out. You didn't choose for things to happen the way they happened. Usted no escogió para que su para que su para que usted perdiera esa relación con esa persona o para que usted perdiera ese trabajo. Usted puede escoger cómo nombra esa situación. Nómbrelo una oportunidad para que Dios haga un milagro. Instead of calling it sorrow, call it an opportunity for God to do a miracle. Call it an opportunity for God to work in your life. Call it training for your next level in your life. I'm not going to name it according to what it is, but rather I'm going to name it according to what God says it can be. Por eso dice Santiago, that's why James says in chapter 1 verse 2, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces. Por eso dice Santiago, hermanos míos, tened sumo gozo cuando os halléis en diversas pruebas, sabiendo que la prueba de vuestra fe produce. Produce, it produces. There are opportunities for you and for me to grow. There are opportunities for you and for me to, to go into another level in our lives. And we have to start calling it what it is. 
It may look like all is lost, but faith is being produced. And there is an anointing that is being formed over our lives. There's another change in perspective that we need to have. Hay otra, otra perspectiva que tenemos que cambiar. Did you know that you and I, we walk past miracles every day? ¿Usted sabía que todos los días usted y yo caminamos en medio de milagros? Listen, church, understand. Your normal is somebody else's miracle. Tu normal es el milagro de alguien más. Y muchas veces, many times we can't see those miracles. We, 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 it's like these boxes here, we step over them. Muchas veces no vemos los milagros, son como estas cajas, las, lo más pasamos por encima de ellos. Porque para nosotros es normal. Because for us it's normal. Some of us are sitting here and we have forgotten where God has brought us from. You know, we, we, we spent time a few weeks ago with some friends in California. And it was, it was funny because we're sitting there uh, and they're talking about how, we're talking about how when we were younger, we would go out to eat with people. But we knew we were broke. We didn't have any money. And we wouldn't order any food, but we would pick off of everybody else's food. Íbamos a comer cuando éramos más jóvenes. Estábamos hablando de esto con algunos amigos hace unas semanas atrás. De que cuando éramos jóvenes estábamos tan pobres. Porque papá y mamá no nos daban para ir a comer afuera. Y, 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 pero queríamos ir con, la, con los amigos. Queríamos ir. Y llegamos a los restaurantes y en vez de ordenar comida, nomás nos sentábamos ahí. No vas a comer. No, no tengo hambre. No, no, hungry. Pero llegaba la comida de todos los demás. Oh, ¿Puedo agarrar una papita? ¿Te lo vas a acabar eso? Are you... Y se nos olvida. And we've forgotten. That now, when we used to be broke, God has now provided. I mean, I see what you guys drive. I see how good God has been to you. Se nos ha olvidado que antes estábamos en pobreza. Pero ahora... Estamos 20 años adelante, 30 años adelante y, y se nos olvida mirar de dónde nos ha traído el Señor. Y, 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 y podemos, para nosotros lo que es normal es el milagro para alguien más. Ahora ya no tenemos que picar las papitas de alguien más. Ya ni queremos compartir. These are mine. Don't touch them. We have to remember where God has brought us from. Every morning that you wake up, that place you call a home is a miracle. Cada mañana que usted se despierta, ese lugar que usted le llama casa es un milagro. That place you go to work every day, though the people may drive you crazy, it's somebody else's miracle. Every morning when you get your kids ready to go to school, Even though it's nuts from between 6.30 and 7.30 at the house, 
Those kids are a miracle from God. I don't know. Can someone praise God? Because God has been so good to you. Alguien pudiera alabar al Señor en esta tarde. Porque Dios ha sido tan bueno. Cada domingo cuando usted se arregla con su familia para venir a la iglesia. Y está rodeado por su familia. Está rodeado por una comunidad que ama a Dios. Y tiene los mismos deseos que usted. Eso es un Milagro de Dios en su vida Tu normal es un milagro Your normal is a miracle And you gotta remember where God has brought you from I once was blind but now I see I once was addicted but now I'm free Antes no miraba pero ahora veo Antes estaba perdido pero el Señor me ha salvado no podemos olvidar de donde el Señor nos ha traído. We can't forget from where God has brought us. Because if you walked into this room and no one had to help you in, that is somebody else's miracle. Porque si usted entró por estas dos puertas y nadie le tuvo que sostener, nadie le tuvo que ayudar, no necesitaba algo para ayudarle, eso es el milagro de alguien más. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. Tal vez no estás donde quieres estar, pero ya no estás donde estabas antes. El Señor ha sido bueno. Don't overlook the miracles in your life. See, the widow already had what she needed. We go through our lives not realizing that the thing God wants to use to deliver us from the pain in our lives, he wants to use to move us into the next level. It's already there, but we keep stepping over it. Esa cosa que, que, que el Señor quiere usar para que usted y yo seamos entregados de ese dolor. Para que usted y yo podamos ir al siguiente nivel en nuestras vidas. Ahí ya está en nuestras vidas. Pero muchas veces ni lo, ni lo percibimos, no lo miramos y caminamos por encima de ello. La historia de esta, de esta mujer. Me recuerda un poco de la historia en, que encontramos en, en Mateo capítulo 15 o 16 por ahí donde habla que había una, a, a, había una multitud con el Señor Jesucristo. This reminds me of the story that there was a multitude around Jesus and Jesus was beginning to get concerned because they were far from home. They hadn't eaten. And Jesus asked the disciples, hey, um. We can't send them home. What are we going to do? You guys need to feed them. We have to feed them? All we have are five loaves and two fish. El Señor está con la multitud y Jesús mira a sus discípulos y dice, Hey, ustedes tienen que darles de comer. ¿Yo les tengo que dar de comer? Nomás tenemos cinco panes y dos peces. Eso no es suficiente. Eso es lo más lo traje para mí. I only brought that for me. You buy your own food. You said you weren't hungry. And it reminds me of that because sometimes it's the little things. 
in our lives. I don't have anything left in my house. I just have a small flask of olive oil. Yo, yo no tengo nada en mi casa excepto una, una pequeña jarra de aceite de oliva. The thing that you may not think is very significant is the very thing that God may want to use in your life. That home that he's giving you, that talent that he's giving you, that desire that he's giving you, that awareness of injustice that he's giving you, that passion that he's giving you. Stop looking at things in your life as being insignificant. God has brought everything into your life for a purpose. It's not just a small jar of oil. It's exactly what is going to deliver you and your boys from the crisis you're living through right now. What you need is already in your house. Lo que tú necesitas ya está en tu casa. God wants to change the way we see things. We can't see what we have left in our lives because we're too busy looking at what we've lost. Muchas veces no podemos percibir lo que nos queda en nuestras vidas porque estamos muy ocupados mirando las cosas que hemos perdido. And it takes a prophet and it takes a man of God to come into your life and to come into the life and say, look, you got to measure what you have in your life. This is why it's important, listen church, this is why it's so important to not, I mean we have to have friends. But don't just surround yourself with people that are going through the same thing. Because if you just surround yourself with the people that are going through the same thing, it's eventually going to turn into pity parties. Oh, you lost that? I lost this too. You lost that? I lost. No, no. You got to, at times, you got to surround yourself with somebody that is, is ahead of you and has pulled out of something you've been through. And you know, hey, I need some help. This has happened. And what they'll ask you is they'll ask you what this man of God says. What do you have? Because when that question is asked, you begin to measure. You begin to, to look around and take inventory of your life and say, well, well, I didn't think I have anything, but I guess I have this left. Because when you and I, listen church, when you and I are saved, our potential changes. And everything that is connected to us, those things potential changes as well. We're not the same people anymore. Ya no somos las mismas personas. El momento en que Dios nos salvó, la potencial que está dentro de nuestras vidas ha cambiado. Y la potencial de todas las cosas que están conectadas a nuestras vidas ha cambiado. Ultimately, Elisha is able to point her. To what she has left. But here's what I want you to understand. On one hand, this story can be preached about increasing your capacity. Right? You got to find jars. And you got to go ask your neighbors and get all the jars that you can find so that your capacity can be increased. And that's another preaching for another day. But what I think that you and I would struggle with more. I think most of us will have a hard time with it's not that we aren't willing to increase our capacity. 
we would all say, yes, I want to grow. Yes, I, I, I want to be, I want to step into a next level in my life. But I think, and I believe it with all my heart, that the, that the victory in her life came the moment when she started to pour the oil. Porque podemos ver esta historia y podemos mirar que tal vez es de, de, de aumentar nuestra capacidad y todos queremos aumentar la capacidad. Pero yo creo que lo más importante de esta historia no es lo más de la capacidad que hay en nuestras vidas. Porque nada hubiera sucedido en su vida si ella no estuviera dispuesta de vertir o de derramar el aceite. Many of us, the little that we have, we're not willing to release it. Muchos de nosotros, lo poquito que tenemos, no estamos dispuestos de soltarlo. But Elijah, I only have a small flask. And if I start pouring it out, what if I run out? What if, what if nothing happens? What if... What if, if the situation doesn't change? But this woman had the, had the faith to say, you know what? I hear what you're saying. And you know what? I overlooked it anyways. I didn't think it was anything that mattered anyways. And you're asking me to pour it out. I will pour. Listen, church. Heaven cannot replenish what you won't release. El cielo no va a reponer lo que tú no estás dispuesto de soltar. Si tú quieres que Dios aumente y si tú quieres que Dios derrame de él en tu vida, tú tienes que estar dispuesto de derramar de ti mismo en esta tierra. Y Dios nos pregunta, ¿qué te queda? And God asks us, what do you have left? Are we afraid of answering? Because what if what we do have left, God wants to use it. And we don't trust God enough to believe that if we give him our time, to believe that if we give him our talent, our resources, our money to him, that he won't be able to replenish it. Listen, listen. The moment... She stopped pouring was the moment that the oil stopped producing. El momento que paró de vertir el aceite es el momento que paró de fluir el aceite. Could it be that the reason that sometimes we don't feel that God is pouring into our lives is because we're not pouring out of ourselves. Well, pastor, how should I pour? What do you mean I should be pouring on my... Well, there's people in your life that need God. Well, I don't understand, pastor, what I should be pouring out. Well, there's people in your life that have a need. Well, what do you mean, pastor? What? what how... How should I pour? Well, there's a church meeting at 1 o'clock every Sunday. We should be ready to be there at 1 o'clock on Sundays. 
Pero pastor ¿qué, qué, qué quiere que derrame No entiendo Hay personas en tu vida que tienen necesidad Hay personas en tu vida Que necesitan ayuda Y si fuéramos una iglesia Que pudiera preguntar Cómo te puedo ayudar La respuesta en cómo podemos derramar Se nos va a ser dada tenemos que estar dispuestos de derramar para que el aceite pueda seguir fluyendo. We have to be willing to pour in order for the oil to continue to pour in our lives. The oil doesn't start until you start pouring it out. Some of us, God is saying, I want to release the oil in your life, but, but you have to pour it out. I, I want to give you strength, but you won't serve. I, I want to give you resources from heaven, but you won't give. And some of us, we, we were like this widow at the end of ourselves. I can't take another loss. I already lost my husband. I can't lose my sons neither. But let me tell you, if you find yourself at the end of yourself, you're in a good place because where you end, that's where God can begin to work in your life. But you got to be willing to pour it out. I'm going to ask you to stand. Te voy a invitar que pongas de pie. Si estás al final, ya no puedo hacerlo. No puedo perder algo más. No, 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 no puedo seguir de esta manera. Déjame decirte, estás en un buen lugar. Porque donde tú terminas, Dios comienza. Pero tenemos que estar dispuestos de vertir. Lo que tenemos en nuestras vidas. It all begins with you pouring out what you have. What do you have? God is asking us, what do you have left? Dios nos está preguntando, ¿qué es lo que te queda? Are we truly just saying, I don't have anything, God. I don't have nothing to give you. Oh, you mean that little thing. Oh, you mean that little bit of strength that I have during the week, you want me to give it to prayer on Mondays? Oh, no me queda nada, Señor. Oh, tú dices que esas poquitas de fuerzas que me quedan esta semana, ¿quieres que los dé el lunes en ir a la oración a las 7 de la tarde? What do you have left? Are we willing to pour it out? Estamos dispuestos de derramar. I don't know what God is speaking into your life right now. But what I do know is that God is always calling us to give. Yo no sé qué es lo que en este momento Dios está trabajando en tu corazón, en tu, en tu mente. Pero lo que sí estoy seguro es de que Dios en cada momento nos está pidiendo que demos y que derramemos. Porque la vida no se trata de nosotros. Newsflash, life is not about your comfort. Life is about living for others. La vida no se trata de nuestra comodidad. Se trata de vivir por otros, por medio del Espíritu de Dios. So te voy a invitar en esta tarde. I'm going to invite you in this evening. Let's come to this altar.
And let's pour it out onto God. Maybe it's that pain you've been carrying. God's saying, release it. Let it go. Let it go. I can give you something greater. But you got to pour it out. And you got to release that into my throne. Uh, uh, maybe it's that. Uh, maybe God has been speaking to you about talking to someone at your work or in your neighborhood or somebody and just bringing them to the house of the Lord but but you're afraid of rejection and you're afraid that that they're not going to respond well but God is saying release that fear to me and just watch what I can do so I invite you let's come to this altar let's pour out unto the Lord today let that crushing pain in our lives produce an anointing. Let it produce power. Let it produce what God wants it to produce today. It all begins with you pouring out. In Jesus' name.